Dracula. I am Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Hart, to my heart. Come Our first award goes to the vampires for most blood drained in a single evening. The strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him. The Beautiful Dead. As always, I'm your host, Lena Nazari. If you want to find me, go to lenanazari.com. You can go to social media. I have an Instagram, The Beautiful Dead Podcast. I have a TikTok where I create videos for each one of these episodes, if I remember. The Beautiful Dead Podcast. And uh, Twitter is PA Beautiful Dead. I have to admit I'm not as active on Twitter. I find it to be a cesspool of hatred and negativity. So hot take from Lena. Can't stand Twitter. So I um, normally record these episodes days and days and days prior, but this one I am recording just a day prior because I've spent my whole week editing hours and hours and hours of digital recording from an overnight ghost hunt and um, I pieced the best moments together for an episode that is already released at this point which is going to be a bonus episode that's just my ghost hunt it has nothing to do with vampires but I thought it would be something fun for you guys so it took way more time than I thought it would so not only am I recording this a little bit late but I'm also currently drinking a Red Bull, so if you think that I'm a little more energetic than usual, it's because I am highly caffeinated. But it's important to me that I get these episodes out to you guys, and I also wanted to do that ghost hunting episode. So if ghost hunting is not your thing, I'm no hard feelings, that's totally fine. But if you're interested, go check out that bonus episode and let me know if it is worth doing again because I also am going to Crescent Sanatorium and Prison um, in a day. And I will record that whole thing too. So before I sift through hours and hours of audio again, let me know if it was worth it, if you think it was interesting. And if you don't, that's fine. I won't do it again. I'll just ghost hunt for me, myself, and I because it makes me happy. Okay. Um... So I know I've been alluding to some big announcements as far as appearances go. There's two big ones I'm very excited about, and I'm just waiting on one thing for each appearance to be able to officially announce it because I don't want to announce it and then have to take it back. So I promise as soon as each one of those things comes across, you will be hearing. As always, my fanged family hears first. So if you're not a part of the fanged family, go to leanandazari.com and sign up for that. You'll get emails from me. You'll find out uh, what's going on with me before anybody else. You'll also get to know what episodes are coming up for like a month at a time. So you can watch the material before I record and you listen so you can um, decide if you agree with my hot takes or not. 
So go join my fanged family, get some emails from me, and you will be the first to hear about these appearances as soon as they uh, come across. And then the one I'm most excited about, there's a couple different elements to that. And so again, my fanged family finds out first. I am diligently working on the third book. However, I have to admit I have a little bit of a writer's block. So I don't know, maybe I just need to lock myself in a room for a day because I really wanted to get it out for Christmas time. But at the rate I'm going, that may be an issue. So I don't know. It's the last week before we go back to school. I don't have to go back to school because I am done, but my daughter's going back to school. So we're trying to kind we want to like get the most out of this last week. But maybe once they're back, I'll, I'll have my evenings and weekends back to me and then I can do some writing. I don't know. We'll see. I'm just rambling now because you're my friends and I like to talk to you. Last but not least, if you have ever listened to this podcast before you know this, but if you haven't, massive spoiler alerts, okay? I ruin everything. I don't hold back. I tell you exactly what happened, who kills who, how they die, who hooks up with who, who breaks up with who. I'm going to tell you all that stuff. So don't be mad at me if you keep listening and I ruin things for you. All right, this one, um, I was excited to go back and rewatch. And uh, I had my daughter watch it with me this time and uh, I'd forgotten how long it was, but listen, it's, it's one that I love to watch. So we're going to talk a little bit about Van Helsing. This is the 200, 2004 version with Mr. Hugh Jackman. And um, it is quite the, uh, it's quite the interpretation. I'll say that. So let's start with the synopsis if you're not familiar or you haven't seen it in a long time. In 1887 Transylvania, Dr. Victor Frankenstein, aided by his assistant Igor and Count Dracula, creates a monster. Dracula kills Frankenstein, and as an angry mob storms the castle, the monster flees to a windmill with Frankenstein's body. What you need to know about this windmill is it is rickety, it's all freaking wood, and it's full of absinthe, which is pretty much the dumbest combination ever. The mob burns down the windmill, seemingly killing the monster. A year later, monster hunter Gabriel Van Helsing, that's right, I said Gabriel, not Abraham, Gabriel Van Helsing travels to Notre Dame and visits Mr. Hyde after a brawl. Van Helsing pursues evil on behalf of the Holy Order, which has protected mankind from time immemorial. Van Helsing, who remembers nothing before he was found crawling up the steps of the church, hopes to earn pardon for his forgotten sins and regain his memory. At the Order's Vatican City headquarters, Van Helsing is tasked with traveling to Transylvania to destroy Dracula and protect Anna and Velkin, the last of an ancient Romanian family, the Valeriuses. Their ancestor vowed that his descendants would kill Dracula or spend eternity in purgatory. In Transylvania, Anna and Velkin attempt to kill a werewolf controlled by Dracula, but it fails and Velkin falls into a deep river gorge with the werewolf. Van Helsing, along with Carl, a friar and weapons inventor, arrive at a village and join Anna's fight with Dracula's brides, Verona, Mariska, and Alera. Alera? I thought it was Illyria, but I guess it, I guess it's Alera. Slaying Mariska in the process. That night, Velkin visits Anna to warn her of Dracula's plans, but transforms into a werewolf and escapes. Van Helsing and Anna pursue Velkin 
to Frankenstein's castle. They stumble upon Dracula's plan to duplicate Frankenstein's experiments to give life to thousands of his undead children using Velkin as a conduit. During the fray, Velkin confronts Van Helsing, I'm sorry, Dracula confronts Van Helsing, whom he regards as an ancient rival. Dracula's spawn come to life before dying due to lack of Frankenstein's original formula. Van Helsing and Anna escape and stumble upon Frankenstein's monster at the windmill, who reveals that he is the key to Frankenstein's machine to give life to Dracula's brood. Eavesdropping on their discussion, Velkin escapes with his new information. In Anna's castle, Carl discovers a hidden painting of two rival knights. It comes to life, revealing the knights as a vampire and werewolf in battle. While attempting to bring the monster to Rome, Van Helsing and his crew are ambushed by the brides and Velkin near Budapest. Verona and Velkin are killed, but Van Helsing is bitten. Alera kidnaps Anna and offers to trade her for the monster at a masquerade ball. Van Helsing locks the monster in a crypt, but the undead retrieve him for Dracula. Van Helsing and Carl rescue Anna and escape from the masquerade guests, guests who are revealed to be vampires. At Anna's castle, Carl explains that Dracula is the son of Valerius the Elder. When he was killed in 1462, Dracula made a pact with the devil and lived again. Valerius was told to kill Dracula and gain salvation for his entire family. Unable to kill his son, he imprisoned him in an icy fortress. A fragment that the Cardinal gave Van Helsing opens a path to Dracula's castle. They find the monster who reveals that Dracula possesses a, a cure for lycanthropy because only a werewolf can kill him. Van Helsing, fighting the curse, sends Anna and Carl to retrieve the cure, killing uh, Igor and Alara in the process. Van Helsing attempts to free the monster but is struck by lightning during Dracula's bringing Dracula's children to life. Dracula and Van Helsing turn into their bestial forms and battle. Dracula reveals it was Van Helsing who killed him and offers to restore his memory. Van Helsing refuses and kills Dracula, triggering his brood's death. Anna injects the cure into Van Helsing, but but as she's doing this, Van Helsing kills her and then howls in grief as he reverts to human. Van Helsing and Carl burn Anna's body on a cliff overlooking the sea. The monster departs by raft and Van Helsing sees Anna's spirit returning with her family to heaven. Van Helsing and Carl ride off into the sunset. So, um... If that felt a little convoluted to you, it's because the storyline is convoluted. <laughs> but we're, we are going to do what we do best, and we're going to really take a look at it and really kind of break it apart and hopefully make it make sense. We do have vampire crossovers. You guys already know this because I just did Lesbian Vampire Hunters, but uh, the woman who plays um, Carmilla in Lesbian Vampire Hunters also plays one of Dracula's brides. And then of course, I mean, listen, if I don't say this, you guys are never going to respect me again. Kate Beckinsale, who plays Anna in this is Selena in Underworld, which I swear I'm going to get to that, you guys. I promise, I promise, I promise. But yeah, Selena in Underworld. So I actually read behind the scenes that when this was written, 
he had her in mind but thought she's never going to do this because she's doing Selena right now. She was like right in the middle of being Celine. So, um, so yeah, the big, big vampire crossover for that one. Some interesting trivia. The place where Anna and Van Helsing fight Dracula's three brides in the beginning is the same place where Frankenstein from 1931, Dracula from 1931, and The Wolfman from 1941 were filmed. The set is called The Court of Miracles, and it's part of the studio tour at Universal Studios Hollywood. So very cool throwback. Um, right before Dracula says, I give you Van Helsing in front of the other vampires, you can hear the trumpets play the first musical phrase from the song Castle Dracula, which is from uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. So that was pretty neat. When Van Helsing, Carl, and Anna find Castle Dracula, Carl looks at what seems to be skeletons impaled on spikes, and that was actually a reference to Vlad the Impaler, who we know was the basis of Bram Stoker's whole story. And... I love love. So I had to mention that the actor who plays Dracula and one of the actresses who plays one of his brides, I believe it was Sylvia Coloca, who was also in uh, Lesbian Vampire Hunters, met on this set, fell in love, got married, and are still married to this day. So Dracula and his bride still together. I love that. All right, let's break it down. Their relationship with humans. In this world, humans know about vampires. And they warn each other about vampires. Some of them hunt, but it seems like uh, Anna, Velkin, and Van Helsing are sort of the minority. Doesn't look like a lot of the humans choose to hunt vampires. Um, and in this world, vampires only use humans for food. Except for in the case of Anna, where uh, Dracula wants to turn him, or turn her into his new bride, because they've just killed one. Other than that, end, full stop, you are just food to them. Appearance. We see them in multiple forms. For the majority of the film, we see them in their more human form. And they're very stereotypical. The Count has his cape and his long hair. The three brides wear these long flowing dresses. They're very beautiful. Um, and all four have these Romanian accents as the movie is set in Transylvania. In their bat form, the brides retain more of their humanness, unlike Dracula, who becomes this massive humanoid bat that ultimately fights Van Helsing in this form when Van Helsing becomes a werewolf. Um, but then when they're in this like bat form, um, the girls are like grayish blue, but their faces are the same and they have these massive wings, whereas Dracula is m huge and he is more bat than anything else. He does not retain his like human face at all. Fangs. These vampires are Lena approved. They have two sharp canines. The brides always seem to be seen with their fangs out, whereas Dracula's appear to be retractable. Um, we do see that the fangs can grow because we see the fangs not only come out, but also grow very long sometimes. And then we also see that their jaws can extend and elongate like snakes. Um, and they even appear to maybe have like a serpent tongue at one point. But it seems that the fangs come out when they want to fight or feed. Blood is a necessity in this world. These vampires do feed off blood. Van Helsing mentions that Dracula and his brides kill one or two people a month. 
So I guess they don't need to feed that often. But um, when they do, uh, it, they kill that person because we do see the bride hovering over top of a dead person on a table and she has a glass of blood. So it appears that she like ripped his throat out and then filled the glass, which uh, theatrical, I appreciate that. We never see them eat. So I feel very confident saying these vampires do not eat. It's a blood only diet for them. Sunlight. So these are Dracula and his brides. They're the OGs, right? And as such, they cannot be in the sunlight. However, we do see them out flying during the day, but only when it's cloudy. And as the sun peeks out, they hide. In the ballroom scene, when our heroes are being chased by this room full of vampires, Carl throws this glass uh, orb that is filled with a mix of chemicals that when it explodes, recreates the power of the sun. And when it breaks, it releases this light and kills all of the vampires that are coming after them. So I guess sunlight, big no-no for these vamps. Sleeping. We see Dracula burst out of a coffin. So I feel pretty confident saying that they do sleep in coffins. Holy items. Crucifixes and holy water do work against vampires in this world. However, we see Van Helsing pull out a crucifix in front of Dracula, who does scream, but then he grabs it and it bursts into flames and melts while he's screaming. And then once it's gone, he recovers. So I guess it works for the brides, but but doesn't work good enough for Dracula. Holy water seems to burn them like acid, but he does recover from that and the brides not so much. So again, it's made very, very clear that while the brides are very strong, they are more stereotypical vampires than Dracula, who is extremely hard to kill. Rules, um, pretty simple. Dracula doesn't cast reflection in mirrors. We never like find out I don't think they have to be invited in because we see them burst in and out of many homes. I don't know about the whole running water thing. We don't see that. Um, but Carl does mention garlic. So I guess garlic works on these vampires, although we never see them use the garlic. All right, powers. Um, like I said, the vampires can transform into like these humanoid bat creatures and fly. Um, they're also either extremely fast or they can teleport. It's hard to tell which because we see them be in one spot and then in another. So either they're moving faster than the eye can see or they are disappear disappearing and reappearing in a different spot very quickly. They can walk on walls. They can walk on ceilings. We see them glide across the floor together. We know Dracula has excellent hearing because he mentions the steadiness of Van Helsing's heartbeat. They are very strong. We see the bride pick up a man and throw him. Uh, and we know Dracula has mind control because he has Anna not only dancing with him, but also kissing him. And he even says, how does it feel to be a puppet? So we know he has mind control. How are they made? Okay, so this is an interesting twist on the myth. In this world, there are two ways to bring vampires into the world. One is to be turned, which we is pretty classic. We know about this. We never actually see it happen. But when Dracula is talking to Anna about becoming a bride, he says one brief moment of pain. So we can assume it involves being bitten. Now, if you have to drink his blood after, I don't know, because I never get to see it and they don't exactly explain it. Another way to be made a vampire 
Oh, oh, so let's just, before I say that, let's talk about Dracula. So, like, as I mentioned, he was murdered in 1462 and then made a deal with the devil to live forever, but he would have to be sustained by drinking the blood of others. So that is one, that is how Dracula was made. Um, but now that Dracula has made his three brides, the other way to be a vampire in this world is to be born which is actually the main motivation of Dracula and his brides. They've created this offspring. And when we first see them, they're like these egg sacs or cocoons, like big, squishy, viscous. But when the children come out, they're like these baby bats. So um, picture like chubby gray cherubs with wings. I don't know what they would have looked like when they were fully grown because they never live long enough. Um, they don't live longer than just a few minutes, but I assume they're going to look like big bat versions of the vamps, but all the time. I don't know, but that is a way to be made vampire is to be born that way. And when I saw the egg sacs, I, I immediately thought about aliens. So you guys will know kind of what it looks like if you've seen alien. How do they die? Within minutes, we see Dracula walk into a sword, impaling himself and continuing to walk forward, but not being harmed. We see him thrown into a fire and come out burned to no more than a skeleton, only to completely regenerate in front of our eyes. We see Van Helsing shove a silver stake in his heart, and Dracula just says, Hello, Gabriel. <laughs> so to say that he's hard to kill is an understatement. The brides are different. We see the first bride killed by silver arrows dipped in holy water um, and shot through her heart. Then we see one thrown off a cliff on fire, and then we see the other stabbed with a silver stake. So they die sort of the classic way. But Anna even says, like, we've staked him, we've used garlic, we've lit him on fire, we've done it. So they've tried everything. So ultimately, it turns out it is the bite of a werewolf that kills Dracula, which I think is a very interesting twist on the myth. I love the idea that the OG Dracula is like impossible to kill, but everything below him, you know, becomes the classic vampire. Are they good or are they bad? I mean, there's no question, right? Ignoring my own personal bias, these vampires are clearly the bad guys. They terrorize the village. They will stop at nothing to awaken their young. But it is worth mentioning that the quote-unquote good guys in this world aren't necessarily all good. Van Helsing especially is more of an anti-hero, but it's very clear that he is the hero. Dracula and his brides are the villains. Tropes I love and tropes I hate. Okay. Tropes I love. I love that Dracula and the brides can feel when one of them dies. So we see this when Mariska dies. The brides immediately react, and then Dracula bursts from his coffin, wailing. So they're all, like, connected psychically, and they can tell when one of them dies. I love that. I also love the whole ancient prophecy-fulfilled trope. The idea that everything has to align perfectly for Van Helsing to finally take Dracula out. I love that. You see it in other things. Like, this is not the first time that this has been used, which is why it's called a trope. But I love that idea of, like, the big bad has been told for centuries that this one thing will be their downfall, and they do everything in their power to stop it, but it still comes into fruition, as always, and there's that moment when they see it all line up, and they know this is it, and I just love that. However, tropes I hate. I hate 
The implication that Van Helsing is the Archangel Gabriel. Not a fan. So as much as I love ancient prophecies fulfilled, I can't stand the whole big religious biblical twist. And there's one movie that comes to mind right now that like I actually groaned out loud in the theater and I haven't covered it yet. But if you join my fanged family or you're in my fanged family, when I send the next round of episodes out, it is going to be on that one. I was holding off because I had a bigger idea for it, but I don't think it's going to happen. So I am going to cover it. So I, I don't want to mention anything, but the big reveal was Bible based. And that's all I'm going to say. And I hate that. It's like the whole faith solves everything. Ugh, ugh hate it. All right, everybody's favorite. You've listened to me ramble on for 25 minutes. Let's do some ratings. How scary or evil are the vampires of Van Helsing? These vampires are forces to not be taken lightly. They are so fast and so strong. They can transform, they can fly. Dracula has mind control. They rip through these villages and all the people can do is pray that they're not the ones to be grabbed. They're not easy to kill, okay? Even the bride, so I don't wanna downplay. When Van Helsing first kills that first bride, Anna even says, he's the first to be able to kill a vampire in over a hundred years. So even the brides are not easy to kill. So I don't wanna imply that they are, they're just easier than Dracula. And they are extremely focused when they decide they want something. And as long as it's cloudy, they can be out in the daytime. Their attacks are also very coordinated. It's almost like they share a mind. So I give them a 7.8 out of 10 stakes to the heart for the brides and an 8.8 for Dracula. They are a solid threat to humans. Dracula is very hard to kill. Unless you have a werewolf handy, you're in trouble. They lose points because their young don't live that long, which is probably the whole dead uterus, dead semen thing. Technically, they are bound by the sun and their la laser focus on their mission, while impressive, can also blind them to other threats. But listen, 7.8 and 8.8 .8 is high enough that I would not recommend that you go mess with these vampires. How sexy or alluring are the vampires of Van Helsing. So a high scare score usually means a lower sexiness score. I thought Dracula and his brides might break that rule. However, as nice as they are to look at, they don't care about you, my friend. They may sweet talk you, dance with you, buy you a drink, but I promise it is not for a hookup, it's for murder, your murder. They are very sexual with each other. Dracula really lays on the seduction with Anna. Sadly, he has to mesmerize her to get a kiss, which as much as I love Dracula, is kind of rapey. They don't have that allure that draws humans to them. Instead, the humans run far and fast away. Plus the idea that the brides pop out thousands of eggs whenever they're fertile, big turn off. And Dracula's temper, yikes. So when tallied for the fact that they are hot and have accents and clearly get it on often, and I'm pretty sure it's orgies, but subtracting points for the icky egg sacs and the rapey mind control and the need to kill to live, 
5.5 out of 10 onks for sexiness and appeal. You can agree or not, but the math does not lie and I did that calculation twice. Okay, my thoughts on Van Helsing. Okay, I saw this when it came out and I loved it. I saw it in theaters in 2004. Um, over the years, I would catch it on TV. I would have it playing in the background because it is one of my favorite renditions of this very old story. Of course, the casting is perfect. I love, love um, Kate Beckinsale and I love Hugh Jackman. I want to be his friend so bad. Um, nobody should be that talented, okay? He's gorgeous, he can sing, he can dance, he can act, he can be a tough guy, he can be a funny guy, he can be romantic. Love it. And the cinematography, the special effects make this like this fun fantasy world, this action-packed story. The music makes it so exciting. Okay, so when I sit down to watch these movies and like really dissect the world building, it does kind of change the movie for me. And I grieve that a little bit. Like, don't feel bad for me. I chose to do this podcast. I love vampires. I've always loved vampires. I, there's so many movies and TV shows that I want to sit down and really look at. And that's because I am honoring the writers who have really done a good job. I am honoring the worlds that have been built. Um, and I love vampire lore. But sometimes I sit down and watch a TV show or a movie that I adore and really kind of breaking down the story does kind of change it for me but that's okay I'm growing I'm getting older things change as you get older but it does change things for me this particular movie left me with a lot of questions <laughs> like why did Gabriel lose his memory why is he putting up with whatever the church tells him to do and scientifically I have so many questions about these egg sacs and the way that vampires reproduce in this world. I'm also extremely confused about the big reveal that Dracula was a Valerius who, di who died and made a deal with the devil and his dad was supposed to kill him but couldn't. So he locked him up in an ice castle, but then he told his, his like lineage, you have to go kill Dracula? Dude, if you couldn't do it, how come I have to like, why do I have to take that burden because you couldn't do it? I, I have so many questions. So then Dracula is locked in this ice castle that's on the other side of a mirror in the Valerius like mansion. So how does he get to the village? Like, was he going through the mirror in their house and no one ever noticed? Like him and the brides just like, they're not quiet, by the way. These are not quiet vampires. They're very shrieky. They're very like dramatic. So these, this group of four was like coming through your mirror and going to the village and nobody ever noticed it. So, so, so many questions. And how come some of the eggs are on this side of the glass when Van Helsing first sees them, but then other eggs are on that side of the glass in Dracula's castle? Like, are you just popping out eggs everywhere? Oh my God, I have so many questions. <laughs> I really do. So this is what happens when I sit down and really break these down. At over two hours, it's already a very long movie, so I feel like they sacrificed the time to really explain the backstory and Dracula's motivation because they just wanted it to be action-packed. But 
if it sounds like I'm bashing the movie, I am not. I, I will still say this is one of my guilty pleasures. I love it, even if it has some big plot holes. I, I made my daughter watch it with me this time, and I was so excited she came and sat with me for the whole like two hours and 11 minutes and watched it. Um, I did read that there was supposed to be a sequel, but the movie, I guess, didn't do well enough. Even if there was a sequel, Dracula was dead, so he wasn't going to be in it. So then we will always be left with these questions. And this, my fanged family, this is the stuff that keeps me up at night. Like, you're just popping out eggs. And Frankenstein's monster even says, like, that is just from one laying of one round of one bride. I'm like, wait, what? So if they've been around for... Because Van Helsing says, yeah, uh, a man with three gorgeous ladies for centuries. Okay, so the math alone, we're talking hundreds of thousands. Like, where are all the eggs? And like, ew. I have so, so, so many questions. But I guess they, they never really expected you to really sit down and like pick it apart. Well, that's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> so that is it for this episode. That is Van Helsing. Let me know if you agreed with my thoughts or if you have some answers to any of my questions because I, I, I just, I have so many questions, especially about the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> if you guys have any thoughts, any answers for me, please let me know. Let me know if you listened to the ghost hunting episode and you really liked it. I can maybe um, do like a spinoff where I do these bonus ghost hunting episodes or maybe anything that's considered uh, paranormal or nocturnal since this is the beautiful dead. Uh, in the meantime, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. This is our last weekend before the kids go back to school. So I want to jam pack it with lots of fun. Um, I promise I will let you know announcements for upcoming appearances soon, and I hope you're just as excited as I am. In the meantime, next weekend, the uh, 26th, 27th, and 28th, I will be in Maryland for the Maryland Pop and Horror Con. So I promise I'm still going to upload an episode. And then the next one right now is not going to be until November, but I will let you know if anything changes. As always, I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing me to do this. Thank you to everybody who's read my books and is asking for more. And as I say to all of my friends, families, and fans, I wish you wicked hugs and bloody kisses. Good evening.